So my friends, as we are continuing reading the David saga in our first readings, today we come to uh, the moment when David, um, with the sin that he committed that we read about yesterday in taking the wife of uh, Uriah the Hittite as his own and then having Uriah killed um, through the machinations of Joab, um, today uh, David is called out for his sin. Uh, and uh, it's interesting the way that Nathan comes and tries to present this to David is he uses this story. This is a very, um, this is standard tactic, right? Like, let's pretend this is happening to someone else and let's use a, a neutral example and then you be the judge uh, and then we're going to say it's actually you that did this, right? Um, this happens all the time, particularly in scripture. Uh, it's interesting how uh, even hearing this, um, if you use uh, animals, right, it becomes all the more gut-wrenching. There's something about, like, you know, forget about you, lamb. Like, what if this was someone's puppy? We would be like, oh, that's terrible. Like, what do you mean you took that person's puppy to, to feed a guest? Like, that's not okay. We, that, you deserve death for that, right? We would totally do that. Uh, and David has been so, um, he thinks he got away with it. Uh, and you know what? The First and foremost, uh, a lesson we can all learn is, when it comes to Almighty God, you never get away with it, right? You may get away with stuff in this life, but when it comes, like, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And whether we think we've gotten away with stuff or not, like, ultimately, God knows. And so you don't get away with anything with God. Uh, you don't pull the wool over his eyes. Uh, and so Nathan comes to David with judge this case and then turns it on him. You are the man, right? You are the one. You are the man. You've done this. And uh, David... David repents. David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. That when someone calls out uh, King David, uh, he doesn't double down and have Nathan put to death. Rather, he, um, he repents. And God, for his part, forgives uh, King David. There's a great, it's a great act of charity to offer correction to those that we see who are wrong. To do it in the right way, in the right place, in the right time, but to offer correction uh, to those who we see are acting in a sinful way. If we are in a peer relationship with them, that's called fraternal correction. Um, is that it's, it's offering uh, correction not to someone who's beneath us, um, who's someone that we have authority over, right? That's, that's a duty of justice that we have where, like, a parent has to correct their child in order to, uh, as part of their upbringing. Uh, a teacher has to correct the errors in their students with regard to the material being taught. But when it comes to correcting those with whom we're on a peer relationship, um, that type of correction is an act of charity, that we need to um, bring sinners back, and that we need in our lives to be sure that we have people around us who are willing to tell us when we're wrong that we need people in our lives who are willing to tell us when we've done something wrong. We need to have people in our lives who are going to correct us and care enough about us. Uh, fraternal correction is as uncomfortable for the corrector as it is for the correctee, right? Oftentimes, it's just as uncomfortable to be the one telling someone that they're doing something wrong as it is to be the one being told uh, that we have done something wrong. But we need that. Uh, each and every one of us need at times where we get so convinced that we are right and we can become so stubborn, we need people to tell us, we're wrong, you're wrong, you've done something wrong here, or you're acting in a wrong way, um, that we need people in our lives to do that. 
In a particular way, uh, these first Saturdays, as we pray for the sanctification of the priests of the Archdiocese of Hartford, uh, we should be praying that our priests in our diocese have people in their lives uh, that will correct them. Uh, We should pray for a greater outpouring of this virtue of fraternal correction, um, that priests in our diocese would have enough love for their brother priests um, to call them out when they do something wrong, to correct them, to, to bring that to light and to be the instrument of the Lord there. Uh, and we should pray uh, that that be a grace uh, that is real in our diocese. When priests um, help bring each other along to holiness, when priests correct each other when they've gone wrong uh, and engage in that practice of fraternal correction, um, God can do great things through that. But it's incredibly uncomfortable Uh, And people need open hearts to be willing to accept the correction, and people need good courage to be able to give that correction. And so in a very practical way, on this first Saturday, as we pray and offer this Mass for the sanctification of the priests of our diocese, um, then we should pray for a greater outpouring of this spirit of fraternal correction, that our priests have the courage and the humility to give and receive correction uh, so that all sin may be recognized, confessed, and forgiven, uh, and that as a result, our priests may more faithfully imitate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 